TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Welcome to the podcast. And now... You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to the program, Mom, Zev Brenner. It's been many years since we last had our guest, Professor Robert Rockaway. He's a professor emeritus at Television University. He's the author of a few books, including a bestseller, which we spoke to him a while back called, But He Was Good to His Mother, The Lies and Crimes of Jewish Gangsters. He wrote Leaving the Ultra Orthodox Fold. He co-authored that book. He's written five other publications. But uh, he's back because he's uncovered an amazing story of Hitler's Jewish baby. Professor, good to have you back. How are you? That's what you're interested in, eh? Okay. Yeah, I'm walking into my uh, salon or living room to you, and it's the article I wrote, Hitler's Jewish Baby. So uh, you found found Hitler, Hitler, you know, they they wanted to show the world what an Aryan baby was like. Let's go back to 1935, and what happened with a magazine called Son in the House, Son of the the House? In the winter of 1935, a few months after the German government passed the, the Nuremberg Laws, the Nazi family magazine, Zona in House, sponsored a photographic competition to find, quote, the perfect Aryan child. On January 24th, 1935, the magazine published a front-page photograph of the winner, a beautiful six-month-old baby girl named Hesse Levinson's. Nazi propaganda showcased the baby as, quote, the perfect Aryan baby, unbeknownst to the judges, Hesse was Jewish. Okay, wow. so that's her. She, so she, she was born. born she was born in Berlin to Jewish family. Right. Jewish parents. She's a beautiful baby, by the way. I mean, really, a, pr- a beautiful girl, six months old. She lovely, lovely face. You couldn't tell it was Jewish or not. I mean, how can you tell from a baby six months old? Her nose was tiny. That's not what they call a Jewish or Italian nose. So yeah. And she was she was born, and um, the father and mother were employed. The father was an opera singer, uh, and he was uh, he took the na- a, a non Jewish name Yasha Lenson to hide his Jewish identity because of the anti Semitism. You have to remember when it was in Germany. I mean, the the Nazis were in power. The the Germans, you know, I never say Nazis, I say Germans. They were all Germans, and you had this rising anti Semitism in in Berlin. And uh, he, when they found out, the directors found out that his family was re- really was eleven sons. They canceled the contract, and so the family was stuck living in a one-room apartment. And uh, they had this portrait. They, they took their baby to a photographer. They had nothing else to do, and it was one of the best photographers in Berlin. And he made a beautiful picture. And the picture was so beautiful. They had it framed, and they put it on the piano. And then people came, were visiting them, uh, and they, they said, can we use the picture? Take the, yeah. And they took the picture, and they put it in the Nazi magazine, Son in the Son in the House. And nobody knew that it was a Jewish baby. This thing went all over Germany, all over those areas occupied by the Germans. And you had this picture of the perfect Aryan baby. The parents were traumatized. Now, the parents, the professor, the parents didn't put the picture into the publication. They didn't even know about it. Uh, Somebody else put the picture. That's right. The parents were traumatized because they were afraid 
if they found out that this baby, who nobody knew was Jewish, was Jewish, if they found out, they would be killed immediately. You know, the Nazis didn't for the German. When people say Nazis, I mean, all the Nazis were Germans. Not all Germans were Nazis, but all the Nazis were Germans. So what do we do? I use the word German. That's who they were. And if they would have found out about this, they would have killed the whole family and covered it all up. And so the photograph uh, was arranged by the Nazi propaganda department and Joseph Goebbels to showcase the ideal, beautiful Aryan baby. And this thing went all over the country, all over the areas occupied by, by the Germans. And, it, it, you know, and most people did know, but some people did. But the family was terrified. They wanted to get the heck out of Germany and go, go somewhere, but you couldn't get out that easily. So they were afraid that the family was Jewish, and uh, the, the, the photographer said to them, no, I knew that you're Jewish, he said, but I just wanted to give it to the Germans. <laughs> he wouldn't pay the price for it. They would have paid. He wants to give it to them, but the baby that they picked is a Jewish perfect Aryan baby. So what happened was that the paper, the paper was edited by uh, a friend of Hermann Goering's, and the whole business, and we're terrified. The family was, can you imagine if you were them? I mean, the photo went everywhere. It was on birthday cards, every place. And, and they didn't know what the heck to do, okay? They, they really, they were, the family was, was traumatized. And they, they tried to hide it. They tried to cover it up. And they did. Eventually, they did. But many years later, Hesse, the girl, was asked what she would say today to the photographer who entered her picture in the contest. And she said that I would tell him, Good for you for having the courage. Right. He had the courage, but, you know, I mean, she was who would have victim, paid the price? Right. She, she said, I can laugh about it now, she says, but if the Nazis had known who I was, I wouldn't be alive today to tell you about it. And so that's, that's, that's what happened. But you're and, talking about, look, the, uh, Professor, you're talking about Hans Ballin, and uh, he submitted about 10 photographs, and there were hundreds of photographs that were submitted to this exactly, contest. Exactly. This, this, this photograph one, she was a beautiful child. I have it on my computer, and it was published, Tablet Magazine. I wrote the article for Tablet Magazine as well, and they came, they came and published the photograph. She was an adorable, beautiful baby. Uh, there was nothing about her that you could identify as Jew Jewish. Luckily, by 1942, the family was desperate to get out because the picture was in France, and uh, the Germans occupied France. You know, the French army, which was bigger than the German army, fell in a month. The country was occupied within a month. And in 1942, finally, the family gets a, a visa for Cuba, and they get, they go, they enter, they go to Cuba. They they go there, okay, and they made it. They make it to Cuba, and they lived there until they were able, number of years later, to go to the United States. And her story, Hesse. It goes on that, you know, the father said, look, he said, uh, she says, the father said, I survived Hitler. I survived Castro. And, and he did. And so she, in Cuba, she, they went to the States. They made it back. They made it into the United States. And she ended up going to high school in New York, New York City, uh, Julia Richmond High School. And she went, studied chemistry at Barnard College. She graduated in 1955. She worked at academia for a while, and then worked in the educational testing service for 30 years, uh, and then she uh, ended up as a professor, chemistry professor at St. John's University, 
And that was it. And her family, immediate family, survived the Holocaust. Everyone else in the family, aside from her immediate family, mother, father, brothers and sisters, if she had any, all, all the rest of them were murdered by the Nazis. They were the only ones that survived. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's tragic. I mean, if you read about the Holocaust, you want to drop a bomb on Berlin. You know, really. And by the way, the people who have created the atomic bomb, most of them were Jewish. They were physicists from Hungary and other places. They created the bomb to be dropped on Berlin, but then the war was over, so the Americans dropped it on Japan, the atomic bomb. But they wanted it dropped on Berlin. They wanted to get back at Germany for what they did. Now, I don't know about you, but to this day, and I didn't go through it. I, I was born in 1939. I mean, okay, so I, I went through the war, but I went through the war with my family in the United States. But to this, until today, I can't forgive Germany for what they did to us. No, it was just really. demoralizing, and <laughs> it was a war against the Jew. But let me ask you this question, though. They wanted, sure. this was a Goebbels production, this magazine was a Nazi magazine, but they wanted to exactly. highlight and portray the typical Aryan baby. But the typical Aryan baby was supposed to have blue, blonde hair and blue eyes, and, yeah. and this young lady, I believe, had brown hair and brown eyes, right? Uh, right. So right. she wasn't your typical Aryan baby. Blonde. <laughs> I know. The, the image of the, the typical or the Aryan Nazi with blue eyes, blonde hair, you know, small nose or a straight nose or whatever. This kid, she was beautiful, but she had brown hair and brown eyes. But she was a beautiful baby. She was a beautiful baby. And uh, it, I, people just ignored that and saw the face and didn't uh, say Jewish, not Jewish. And, and it went all across Germany. It was on postcards and on wedding invitations. And it was on uh, greeting cards. It was all over. And everywhere the Germans occupied, they publicized it in magazines and everything else. And the picture was, of a, <laughs> it was she was Jewish. And many years later, they asked her, she said it was my revenge against the Germans for what they did, you know, having her picture everywhere. Now, so is, Levinson, is Levinson a Jewish name, Professor? Yeah. So, did the they print the, so when they printed the baby's name, when they put Hesse, did they use the word Levinson or use a different name when they printed the picture? No, 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 Levinson. They used the name Levinson, yeah, which you could say is a German name, too. It doesn't have to be a Jewish name. I mean, you know, Rosenberg is also a, a German name. You know, I mean, uh, Rosenberg was the Nazi government, and the last name of his name was Rosenberg. And now, so Jews have Rosenberg, but there's the Rosenberg. So you have, you know, there, there's a mixture there. Jewish names and German names are very, very similar, okay? And uh, they, people saw the picture and, and told her, about, they, they visited her and they said, you know, we saw Hesse's picture on such and such a magazine. The family was terrified. The family was terrified. And, uh, uh, I mean, they were worried. They, they were desperate to get the heck out of the country. And so uh, they went to a doctor and they said, look, can you do something? He says, no. He said, nothing I can do. He said, but you don't have to be afraid. When they went to France and they were terrified and they made it to France and they went to a doctor there and he says, listen, you don't have to worry about it. The Germans aren't here. A month later, Germans occupied France, Paris, uh, in 1940. And they, uh, they smuggled the family 
got smuggled. They paid off some people, and they, her and the family were smuggled into the free zone in southern France. Remember, it was Vichy France in southern France. And then in 1941, the family managed to get a visa to the United States. Uh, and, but uh, luckily, uh, it expired. But luckily, they got a visa to Cuba. They entered Cuba, and they went to Cuba. And from there, they moved them. Eventually, they, got, they were able to go to from Cuba to the United States, and that's where they lived. That's where she went to school, and that's uh, where she went to university. And she got married there as she got older, and her name, Hesse Levinson, got married and became Hesse Levinson Taft, the last name Taft. Her father stayed behind in Havana, Cuba, because he had a business there, and stayed there until uh, Fidel Castro came to power, uh, where the business went bankrupt. And the father left, but her father said to her, he said, look, I survived Hitler. I also survived Castro. Okay. Right. And she was, she was there in New York. She studied chemistry at the high school in New York City. Uh, and then she went to Barnard College and studied chemistry, graduated in 55. She helped run the chemistry exam, the educational chemistry exam. And then in 2000, she went back to New York and became a professor at St. John's University and stayed there until she retired in 2016. And she, her, her research project there was the sustainability, the sus, how, do you, how do you pronounce it? A water sustainability, whatever that is. So we uh, Professor Robert Rockway is our guest. He's, uh, he's written a and couple of interesting books. They survived books. the whole talk. They were I, the only ones. I, I, I mean, just letting people family, know who they're listening to. Professor yeah. Robert Rockway is our oh. guest. He's in Israel. Uh, he's written a fascinating book that we had him on a long time ago. It was good to his mother about Jewish gangsters, but his recent article, which was in... Uh, tablet magazine is called Hitler's Jewish Baby. A Nazi magazine held a photo contest for the perfect Aryan baby. Made one mistake when they picked the winner because the winner was a Jewish baby. <laughs> How'd you find out about it? Because uh, you just wrote about it now. It happened in yeah. 1935. How'd you discover it? You know, it's interesting how things happen. You know, I never know if things happen just by chance or we all have in our lives a hand that guides us. It's called, the, it's, called the hand, it's called the hand of God. The hand of God. And, you know, I mean, really, I believe that there is a hand guiding us. Why Robert Rockaway? Who knows? But, I mean, I, mean, I, I came across it. Uh, I was reading a magazine and going through some other stuff. I was doing research on something, and I came across this article. You know, I was looking at old magazines and things, and I came across this magazine, uh, which was, a German magazine, a Nazi magazine. I was looking at some of that stuff. I was going to write about the, the Nazis and things like that. And I came across it, and I came across this picture of this, quote, perfect Aryan baby. And I looked at the name, and I started doing some research on the name, and it came up as it was, she was of Jewish descent. And so the, uh, it, it was, the family was horrified, by the way, when this happened, when the picture was, was, uh, was published because uh, it was their daughter, the parents, and her face was plastered all over the streets and storefronts, you know, and, and covered in magazine, you know, in the front of the store and in windows and in newspapers and in magazines. And it was distributed on postcards throughout Germany, the perfect Aryan child. And then, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. When you look at history, it's like it's black humor in a way. It's, you know, 
And, and the family was so terrified, they didn't let her play in the park. They didn't let her go outside anymore. And she said herself, I couldn't play in the park. I couldn't go to the zoo, which was my favorite place. She was literally confined to her house and, and stayed there until the war was over, and then she was able to go out. Now, Professor, and tell us about what happened when tell us what happened when a friend of the family had, was visiting a German woman's apartment and spotted Hesse's photo framed on the wall, and the, the Jewish woman <laughs> shouted out, isn't that Hesse, Hesse Levinson? And what happened next? <laughs> yeah, well, she saw the picture, and she said, look, Oh, this is the Hesse Levinson. She says, that's nah, not the Hesse It's just a picture that I have. And the woman, you know, looked at it and says, no, it's got to be her, and then forgot about it. And that was it. She just, you know, ignored it, didn't report it to anybody, didn't report it to the government. Now, you got to think, 1935, I mean, it was for the, if there were Jews left in Germany, and there were, you know, it was, it was terrified. They were looking for them all the time. Uh, and with the, when it was to the Nazis or the Germans, I mean, they were all, the Nazis were all Germans, the Germans, you know, they would have killed you immediately. Uh, they, they wouldn't have waited. They would have just said, they would have shot him right away. And then uh, the doctor, there was, they went to a doctor in France who had visited Paris, and he said, you don't have to worry. There are right. no and Germans the Nazis here. Were there a free. month, a month later. later, they occupied the Germans. Occupied so let me Paris. ask Professor Rock, we and, have only a few moments left. Let me ask you this. And, you know, sure. I, I urge people to read this article. When I last had you on, oh, about 20-some years ago, about he was good to his mom, about Jewish gangsters, <laughs> you wrote about that. The, right. I know that's one of your specialties, writing about Jewish gangsters or finding people that are unusual. You found a gangster that didn't kill on Shabbos that was Orthodox? Oh, yeah, Samuel Red Levine. Why Red? He, had, he was a redhead. He didn't kill on Shabbos. He wore a, a kippah, a skull cap under his, his regular hat, and he stopped killing... Friday from Friday afternoon to Saturday night, Motzei Shabbat. He didn't. He didn't take any contract to kill. But if he had to, and this is true, if he had to kill someone, there was no way of avoiding it. First, he would put on his talit. He would say his prayers, you know, Shema Yisrael or whatever. He prayers for Shabbat. Then he'd go out and do the job. <laughs> but he did the job. So, a- he did the job after Shabbos, not on Shabbos, right? <laughs> Never, never on Shabbos, but he was a contract killer. But if he, he had could, no way of avoiding it, he would first pray, and then he would go out and do the job. On, so on Shabbos itself, he did? craziness. Hold on, <laughs> Professor. I thought that, that he observed Shabbos didn't kill on Shabbos. You're saying that he actually did killings on Shabbos, too, after you put on his talus? He would kill if he had no choice. Yeah, but first he went and prayed. He said his prayer, Shema Yisrael. I don't know if he said Shema Yisrael or anything else, Elena, whatever. Actually, the only prayer that counts is really Shema Yisrael, the Shema. So he said that, and then he went out and did the job. And, uh, you know, if you would have asked him if he was alive and sitting in front of him, how could you do that? He said, look, I had no choice. You know, I, it was my business. I was a contract killer. You know, I have to do what they pay me to do. And, and he said, but I did pray before I did it on Shabbos. <laughs> go, wow, wow. Go figure it out. You figure it out. <laughs> go figure it out. What's, what's your next? Is, you know, Professor Rock, what's your I next? I interviewed some of these guys. So, you know, I mean, whatever they tell me, I say, okay, fine. Yeah, great. Okay. Wow, wow. What's yeah. your next article or book going to be about? Uh, the, the, the gangster book or what? What's your? Do you have another book in the offering, or another article that you're writing? What? No, I mean, I have, a, I have a book on the Jews of Detroit. I have a book on Jewish immigrants. I have the gangster book, but I, I have no chesek, like they say, at this point in my life to do any more books. I write lots of articles because an article I can knock off in a couple of weeks or whatever a week, 
even a few days, and I send it out uh, to magazines, and they publish it usually because it's on interesting topics. A book, you know, when I write a book, you have to do research. It's more extensive. It's more time. And I don't have the patience to do that anymore. Once I did, but not not anymore. No. Yeah. Yeah. I want to thank yeah. you, Professor Rocco, Professor Robert Rockaway, Professor Emeritus at Tel Aviv University. And as you mentioned, he's the author, but he was good to his mother, The Lives and Crimes of Jewish Gangsters. Uh, but he's here about the fascinating article about Hitler's Aryan, actually Jewish baby, Hitler's Jewish baby, uh, photo contest 1935. They wanted to show the most beautiful Aryan baby. Who do they portray? A Jewish baby. And we just were talking about that. <laughs> That's crazy. Crazy, story. crazy. That crazy, crazy. He can't make this, he can't make this stuff up. A Jewish baby, the most perfect Aryan baby in Germany. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Professor Robert Rockway, thank you for sharing with us. My pleasure, my pleasure. Stay well. Take care of yourselves. All, Good, all your listeners, just be well. <laughs> you too. We look forward to Thanks having you again on, on a future broadcast. Thank you. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Are you interested in hosting your own radio show and podcast, or perhaps a TV program? Talkline Network can help you get on the air from one hour weekly to 24 hours a day. Ideal for ethnic, foreign language, medical, business, and religious broadcasting. We also have full-time radio stations for lease, as well as FMHD channels. For more information, please call 212-769-1925. That's 212-769-1925. Or email zevrenner at gmail.com. One of the most important Jewish institutions in the world today is Talkline with Zeb Renner. He is so smart, and he is so innovative, and he has so many interesting guests. I don't know what Yiddishkeit, I don't know what New York, I don't know what the world would do without Zev. So Zev, Yashikoch, may you go from strength to strength and keep, keep informing us and educating us and keep fighting for Jewish values. Thanks for listening. For continuous Jewish programs, hawklinenetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the talklinenetwork.com. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.